Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Looks like he's going to take off himself and he will get to the 20 to the 50. Still going, Riley up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos. How do you like them, Apple? Breaking away is Connor McDavid barreling down the right-hand side to the net. Richard score. That one a beautiful end-to-end rush. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. So Adam Larson, the latest Oiler to go on injured reserve. He joins Cam Talbot there. Didn't play last night. Didn't practice today. Won't play tomorrow in Calgary. 6.30 face-off show on 6.30, Chet. The game will start at 8. Larson on IR, retroactive to Tuesday. So he could be back for Wednesday's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Oscar Kleffbaum didn't practice, will be available tomorrow. However, Eero Pakarinen has been placed on waivers. And we have a new Edmonton Oiler claimed on waivers from the Washington Capitals. Australia's Nathan Walker, five foot nine, 175 pounds. He's 23. He's played just seven NHL games, has one goal all earlier this season. Doesn't play a lot, about nine minutes a game. More of a depth guy. He can skate, which is important. The Oilers aren't the quickest team in the world. It'd be great if he could kill penalties. Man, the Oilers PK at a historically bad level. We'll talk more about Nathan Walker in about half an hour. Alan May from the Capitals broadcast booth will join us. This is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. NHL tonight, Penguins up 3-0 on the Sabres in the second period. After the first, the Senators lead the Islanders 3-2. Early second period, 1-1 between the Ducks and Columbus. Rangers lead the Hurricanes 2-1 late in the first the Sharks and the Panthers are scoreless. Three other games still to come tonight. Well, he spent 18 years in various roles with the Edmonton Eskimos. He was fired as Eskimos general manager in April. He is now, as of yesterday, the general manager of the BC Lions. I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports, Ed Hervey. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Reed? Good. Good to talk to you again. Man, I, I guess that was your way to get back on Inside Sports, eh? Jump right back into management. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, and, you know, these things kind of happen, and uh, before you know it, uh, you, know, you're, 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 you know, you get a call, you're talking for a few weeks, and then, you know, you're accepting, and then, bang, you're announced, and then, you know, there's, a, there's an onslaught of, uh, media requests, and uh, but I always uh, make time for you. I've always had, enjoyed our conversations. Well, I appreciate that. Ed, tell me why this is uh, a good move for you. Why, why now, and why specifically with the BC Lions? Well, it's a good move, obviously, because there's uh, you know, there's an opportunity to work with um, you know Wally Buono, one of the greatest coaches uh, to ever coach in the CFL. 
Uh, you know, David Braley, who's always been a steward in this league, um, has uh, shown a great care for this league when teams have been in, in, in trouble. Uh, he's always been there. And uh, the BC Lions is a first-class organization. And uh, you know, I want an opportunity to, to get back in to, to manage. And, and um, with Wally, this being Wally's last year, and an opportunity to proceed beyond that, I felt this was a great opportunity for me. I'm curious about the relationship with Bono, and, and I mean, he's a guy I always love talking to because I always feel like I learn something when, when I interview him for, you know, eight, ten minutes. You're the general manager. He's the coach. He's also kind of been the face of that franchise and has a, had a lot of different roles, important roles with the team uh, over the year. I mean, do you think he's still going to be uh, involved in some of the stuff you're doing and, and player personnel, or how, how do you think the relationship's going to work here for this crossover year? No, I think there's going to be a, a great working relationship. We have our defined roles and responsibilities that we're going to work with, and the, but the, the main objective is to build a, a team that's competitive enough to both make the postseason and, and compete for a great cup. Um, the different things that you know I was brought in to do, and the things that you know Wally will continue to do, are going to help this uh, organization and this football team uh, become a better football team uh, for next year. And I think uh, as we get to know each other and work together on building a football team, I think we'll be uh, we'll, we'll show some signs that people probably did not expect going into this. Well, I interviewed Wally the the week leading up to the game between the Eskimos and the Lions in BC, Ed. And Wally said in the interview, we don't do well late in games, we seem to lack confidence, and we have trouble closing out games. And it was crazy, because then that Saturday, the Eskimos scored two late touchdowns with two point. Two, with two two point converts to tie the game, and then uh, and then win in overtime. How how as a general manager do you think you can address maybe that confidence level and and get over the the fragility maybe that the team felt this season? Well, it's a new season, so I, I don't think my necessarily my responsibility is solely my responsibility to work on the the confidence of the of the players as their. Um, when they're in games, I mean the coaches uh, are responsible to uh, make sure the players are prepared. I think what my responsibilities are is to make sure that we we bring in competitive enough players to come in and compete at a high level. And you know when you start when you're winning, you gain confidence. I think next year will be a new year for the group of guys that are uh, fortunate enough to return to this football team. And you also bring in guys that have been there, done that, and uh, some young guys to add to the depth. And uh, you know, the things that happened this year, I don't think will carry over into next season. Ed Irvy joining us at Inside Sports, now the general manager of the BC Lions. Of course, in his previous job, Ed, uh, you were the general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. That relationship, for, for my view anyway, unexpectedly uh, ended in April. Um, look, I know you're always a look-ahead guy, but, but I think my listeners are interested. You know, when Len Rhodes gave the news conference, he said there's a difference in philosophy uh, between me and Ed in terms of how we do business. Can you elaborate on what that difference in philosophy was and why it couldn't work between you and Len? No, I don't. I don't get it cut into um, you know comments that he made 
And, uh, you know, the things that I'm about to say have nothing to do with that day. You know, the fans of Edmonton know that I'm all about winning football games and winning. And, um, you know, I care about the people. I'm all about the team. I'm all about projecting, you know, the environment of we. And I'm not into that other stuff that people do for themselves, right? Um, This, you know, differences of philosophy that people try to, um, you know, talk about, I keep hearing this. And uh, now... I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on it. I can only tell you that I'm all about the collective we. I'm all about promoting the group. And, um, you know, I've I've, I've never been um, uh, all about promoting one person. I've never been about uh, the brand of, concerned about the brand of one person. I've only been concerned about the group. You know, I could care less about all that other stuff. And but that's where I've been as a player. That's where I've been as a manager. It's all about team. So that's my my you know that's how I am. I mean, I don't really know what anyone else's philosophy is, but that's my philosophy. There were um, you know Ed uh, Len and and talked about media access, uh, and I don't cover the team on a daily basis. You and I always talked over the phone. I, I would describe yours and mine's relationship as professional, though we didn't deal with each other on a daily basis. Do you look back on anything and say, okay, maybe I should have treated this reporter, this media guy any differently? Maybe there needed to be more access to the players? And if so, do you, do you need to approach it any differently in Vancouver? Reed, I'm going to say this one time for all your listeners to listen, and I want them to listen very carefully. I never, and this has nothing again to do with when I was let go. I had, I've never, ever limited the access of the players to the media and vice versa. I never stopped anyone from doing anything. Okay. That's never happened. It's never been a case of that happening. I'm not sure what people are talking about as far as being nice. Here's another thing. When people, people say the media, right? I have a problem with the media. I don't have a problem with the media. You've always been good with me. Dave Campbell's been good. You know, uh, Morley's been good. The guys at TSN radio have been good. Um, the TV guys have been good. If you're talking about the media, we're talking about, you can talk about two writers in particular that um, it always seems that um, if they don't get their way, it gets personal in their writing. But that you know that would be it don't you know i i don't i think it's unfair to you guys as media it's unfair to me um as an individual who's who's seen you and talked with you and and have always enjoyed coming on your show and the other guys show for me to to people to say that i've had a problem with the the media the edmonton media i've never had the problem with the edmonton media have a problem with people who are who felt that i should give them stuff because they've been around forever Look, my job was hard as a general manager. The coaches' jobs are hard as coaches. The players' jobs are hard. But it seems that some people are upset when their job has to be just as hard. Okay? That's that's it. And I wasn't really concerned about, um, you know, giving the club's business away. You know, the football business and the football information, I wasn't going to give it to someone the night before so they can get their story right and then shoot it out before the the club did. I wasn't interested in doing that. I was just interested in building our football team and doing that, and that's it. But it um, it seems that if you don't do that, 
it gets you know people it gets personal in their in in their writing and uh and then you can't crack the um me you can't intimidate me so you go where you know you can't intimidate but it wasn't the football people you could they could not intimidate the football people they could not intimidate me so they found people that they could and and that's that um you know i mean that's the reality is that uh, my my responsibility to the fans in Edmonton and the people who know me and people who've been around me and people who've worked with me, um, you know, the people in that organization that, that always check on me, still have lunch with me, and you know, I, I, from the top floor to the bottom floor, no problems with any of them. But you know, it's 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 time for it to be called that the. Um, the way that, that that I work, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a to myself person. I don't uh, get involved in all that other stuff. I mean, you know, my uh, you know, you 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 hear what's said about you, and people say, why are you? Why don't you say anything? Because none of it's true. You know, none of it. The, the fans in Edmonton have yet to to see anything that's written about me that's true. It's just it seems like it's personal, which is a uh, you know, I didn't understand that. So to to be, you know, and again, I feel very uh, relieved to get that off my chest because um, I was tired of hearing uh, that I'm a certain way to people when I'm not, when I haven't been. I was there in Edmonton for 18 seasons. You don't spend 18 seasons in an organization, go from player to vice president of football operations if you're all these different things. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. You know, it, the, the fact is, is that I um, just wasn't going to be intimidated and pushed around, and I didn't care how vicious the writing got. I wasn't concerned about that. I was concerned about the people that um, I cared about, and and I moved on from that. And people say that there's this conflict or that. Believe me, when me and the me and the, me and the commissioner. We had a conversation in Edmund, in um, Regina during football week. We had a breakfast together, and we we actually had a pleasant breakfast and ended all um, what was seen as seen as a con, uh, controversy between us. The controversy that between us basically was when we had lost our coach and. We were talking about compensation, and he did. The, the, we were told not to get it. I was the only one asking for um, to switch places in the draft with the writers if they wanted to hire the coach. And we were told, no, don't do that. Don't set a precedence. And you know, I felt that it was important to our organization that we got something. And then when they said no, we said okay. We threw our hands up and said, all right, we won't do anything. And then the next week. Um, and, Ottawa decided that they want compensation, and then the, the the league, you know, the commissioner decided he wanted to review it. Yeah, of course, I, I was a little bit uh, taken back by that. So yeah, I was fighting for the best interests of the football team. So if people want to call that conflict, call that what you want. But the fact of the matter is, is that I was doing what's best for the Edmonton Eskimo football team, and I was doing it all on my own. All right. 
Ed, thanks for the very detailed and honest answer. I, I appreciate that, and I think when we talk in the future, we'll be uh, we'll be looking ahead and not looking back. I know you got a lot of these lined up today. Thank you so much for doing this, and uh, I have a standard line that I have to say to you now. I use this when I talk to people in other CFL cities. All the best, except when you're playing the Eskimos. Fair enough? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, Reed. Thank you, Ed. That is Ed Hervey, the general manager of the BC Lions, formerly of the Edmonton Eskimos as a player scout and then GM. It ended in April at the time. President Len Rhodes, to summarize what was a long news conference that day, and I remember hosting special coverage, and I remember using this exact line, was that Len Rhodes uh, felt that he had an insubordinate employee. We have not been able to uh, talk to Ed since. Uh, There is Ed's side of the equation, and he also said, I did not have a problem with the media. He had a problem with two writers in particular that in Ed's mind, he felt that they wanted scoops he wasn't willing to give them. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is the open line. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 chat. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, well, that was uh, that was quite the, the comment from uh, Ed Hervey, former Eskimos GM. Obviously, he was uh, not employed in football this past season, fired in April by the Eskimos, now resurfacing as GM of the BC Lions. Wally Buono will remain as uh, the head coach for one more season. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, obviously, I think the memorable comment about that w- w- was his, you know, very uh, uh, candid and uh, long answer, but not, I mean, long in a revealing way about uh, reacting to some of the um, reasons given for his firing when he was let go. Uh, but I also asked him a football ops question, and that was a very fragile BC Lions team that lost a lot of games in the fourth quarter, including that one to Edmonton late in the season. And he said, you know, the coaches kind of have to worry about the confidence and the performance of the team, but he has to get mentally tough players and experienced players who have who have been through some of the battles who can, uh, who can hopefully handle that. Uh, yeah, I mean, clearly, I think we all know it, that the the relationship between Len Rose and Ed Hervey broke down. Uh, I mean, I've talked to people in the uh, Eskimos office who uh, called it a tension-filled work environment, and uh, you know, Len Rose was as the president decided to make the change. The Eskimos were still a pretty good team on the field. Weird year, they w- wound up twelve and six in the end, lost the West Final. I think Brock Sunderland did a good job as GM. He had a lot to react to throughout the season. A lot of those play- well, I mean, some of those players were even brought in by Eric Tillman. I mean, I guess we can go back and say whose is whose, but I think Sunderland's best move was getting C.J. Gable. That was a game-changer for the Eskimos late in the season. I think Ed will do a good job. He found a heck of a lot of good receivers for the Eskimos. Uh, I mean, I can tell you this. Ed's always been straight with me. There was only one occasion where we had anything uh, resembling a run-in and it, it didn't linger. There was no tension beyond that. Clearly, he opened, he opened up to me today, so I appreciate that. Really, he's opening up to you, not to me. Um, Ed's a competitive guy. Could he be difficult at times? Uh, absolutely. There, there's no doubt about that. 
Did he handle everything perfectly? Uh, no, he didn't. <laughs> but, but he was pretty passionate about working for the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, I know with this job, you got to criticize performance. You don't criticize people. And I do mean it when uh, I hope Ed does, does his best with the BC Lions. Nathan Walker is the new guy for the Edmonton Oilers. He's from Australia. He'd been playing for Washington. Alan May's been covering him for the Capitals. Alan's up next. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 6.35. Oilers and Flames tomorrow. Oilers in that spot, I would call not out of it, not exactly in it. They got to pass everybody except Arizona to get into a playoff spot. Well, I guess they got to pass six or seven teams to get into a playoff spot. Uh, but the point, the points they're out is manageable. Six points. You got a lot of games within the West left. But we've kind of been saying that for the last few weeks. There, they've sort of been in that four to eight point range for for really the last month. Played well for two thirds of the game. Yesterday in Toronto, they will take on Calgary tomorrow. And, of course, the Oilers losing on a uh, strange one. Chris Russell accidentally shooting it into his own goal. Reed Wilkins with you on Inside Sports. Former NHLer Alan May now covers the Washington Capitals on the line. Alan, you ever score on your own goal, buddy? <laughs> no, I've been pretty lucky in my life that it hasn't happened. But, I, you know, I've seen it a lot over the years. Not so, you know, unfortunate as last night's incident in Edmonton, but... You know, we've all seen pucks go off a defenseman and, you know, their sticks and things like that. And we always have that dreaded uh, Steve Smith goal in Edmonton as a kid that I suffered through. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those bad instances. And I'm happy it never did happen to me. When it happened to a teammate, do you even say anything? Or do you just know, you know, guys don't mean to do it, bad luck happens, you just try to move on? Yeah, you know what, it's just one of those things. You just got to tell guys to erase to say, hey, don't worry about it. You know, it's going to happen. And, you know, that one last night, it, it, you just look at it. it, it I, I don't think there's a guy in the league that does, didn't feel bad for him, or probably other than Kadri. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you, you look at that, and that, that's, no one wants to see that happen to anybody. And I, I was so sad, especially for a guy who seems to give his all every single game that he's ever played. Well, that might have been Chris Russell's best game as an Oiler, if not on a very short list. He had to play a little more with Larson out. He he hit the score sheet. He was checking well, and then yeah, just that that weird play, and he slaps it right right between Brassois's legs. A game the Oilers uh, fought back in. They they were uh, they were completely dominated, and uh, we've seen. Let, let me ask you this, Alan, before we get into the Nathan Walker stuff, because you, you're out east. Um, how, and I think Washington played Toronto. Was it, it was either last Saturday or the Saturday before? How how good are the Maple Leafs? Like I know where they are in the standings, and I know they have been scoring. How dangerous a team are you they know, for I, a deep run? I, you know what? I don't think they have the defensemen to do it. To tell you the truth, and the play without the puck it is nowhere near as good as as you would want it to be to, to go in a deep run. And I know last year they gave the Caps fits in that first round, but it was their offensive scheme. I think all, all everything that they do is about how they 
shoot pucks to the, the front of the net, especially anytime they're below the top of the circle. They shoot from behind the goal line. They've always got a net front presence. And one of the things that the Caps did last Saturday, they just made sure they stood in front of the puck all the time. They got their sticks. so they're, they're, They were preventing the Leafs from getting their shots towards the front of the net. And, and then when they played, when the Caps did have the puck, it, the, the Leafs had a very hard time in knowing what to do and making proper decisions. And, you know, I, I think they've got the offensive capabilities to do something, but if you make them play without the puck, they're in a whole lot of trouble. Well, and the Oilers were able to do that last 35 minutes of the game, and the Oilers cleaned up their game quite a bit, more of a straight line game, getting to the right spots, and uh, a little more of a shooting mentality, which is going to happen when you're down to a couple goals, right? You need to just start firing pucks. So, yeah, an exciting game. You know, you talk about deserved. I don't know if the Oilers, well, I do know, the Oilers didn't deserve to beat Arizona the other night. They probably deserved at least a point last night, but they didn't get it. But that's how sometimes uh, the game goes. Alan Mays, an analyst for the Capitals for Comcast Sports Network. So the Oilers claimed a capital today. Nathan Walker, best known as being the first Australian to play in the National Hockey League, which is cool, but we're going to have to get to know the player, not the person, to see if he can help the Edmonton Oilers. Played seven games with the Capitals, Alan. What did you see? Well, you know, I thought he should have played a lot more. He never really got the opportunity to to, to rack something up or get his momentum going. And, you know, he deserved, in the preseason, he was one of the best players, if not the best player on the squad. And it's because of his skating ability. The kid is lightning fast. He, he works hard. And, you know, he's played in the American League since he was 19 years old. He jumped right out of the USHL into the American League. And, you know, almost a season with a, with a uh, big-time knee injury. But he is so fast. In training camp, he schooled every single guy here in the conditioning, in the time conditioning events. And he, he, he's a tireless worker. He'll do anything you want. But... For a guy his size, he's about Chagula's size, he stops on every puck. He hits every player that he goes He drives in straight lines to the front of the net. And I think if you put him in a, in a position where he's able to use his wheels, and I think that's one of the things that I, I saw Edmonton play twice now you know, with the Caps, uh, and he's fleet of foot, I think he could really help them. And if they give him a fair chance and let, let him build up five, six, seven, eight games in a row and, and gain some confidence, I think he can do some good things for them. So with the Capitals, was it just uh, was it just maybe inexperienced? They didn't want to get him in, or did he have a rough night and got uh, you know wasn't trusted a little bit? What happened? Well, I, I think it goes to Barry Trotz, you know, not uh, using a younger player in the situation, and it's he the, the excuse why he wasn't in was he wasn't penalty killing, and they wanted the other guys. So you know, I, all of a sudden Alex Chason, who played in Calgary last year, and I can't remember him penalty killing as a penalty killer for the Capitals, and they don't have the best of penalty killing, but I think Nathan Walker has all the all the attributes to be a great penalty killer. He's lightning quick. Uh, his stops and starts are amazing. Uh, very coachable player. And I just think it's one of those things where a guy wants to use veteran players all the time, or, or you know, you, they defer to the first-round draft pick. But I think if this kid can be given a legit, legitimate chance, he can do big things for a team and really be a guy that creates momentum. He's got the work ethic of a Matt Hendricks. And, you know, Matt Hendricks willed his way into the National Hockey League. He's a 29-year-old, I think. And, you know, and, and Edmonton probably feels the loss of him. You know, he's not the, the most skilled guy, but the heart and soul that he brings every game, the courage. And I see a lot of Matt Hendricks and Nathan Walker and the way that he plays, but the only 
difference is that there's no way that Matt Hendricks could ever keep up with uh, Nathan Walker's speed. Well, I, I hope he can be a penalty killer. The Oilers are at 71 point. This is going to be interesting tomorrow, Alan. The Oilers are at 71.4% on the PK. The Calgary Flames are at 75. Two worst in the league. Maybe it'll be the no-hitter of Alberta because everybody will be afraid to hit somebody and take a penalty and be short-handed. Well, we've seen some games like that. That's one of the things. And I think the Oilers are probably the team hurt the most in the league from the, the new rule enforcement with the, with that small-time slash that they're calling and some of the, the garbage obstruction that, that they seem to be they're consistently inconsistent. But I think they've been more consistent in calling the stick penalties this year as, as timid as the slash as they are. And I think the Oilers were being a big muscular team that was using grit and a physical force to win their game plus you know to go with some of their you know with their highly skilled players it was a good blend in this year it seems that strategy is hurting them because of the stick call new jersey on the other hand i think would flip flop with the oilers in the standings uh they're built for speed and, and they they don't play a physical game they play a lot of no hitters and they draw a lot of penalties because they're so fast you put a stick on them and it's a, it's a call now so you know, I think the, the New Jersey Devils got lucky, and you know their vault in the standings is due to the fact that this rule change, and you know teams are sitting back, and, and there are playing some no hitters a lot of nights. The Caps had a game two weeks ago in Buffalo that was horrible, and it was a back to back for them. And Buffalo just sat back inside the dots all game, and they threw one hit in the first period. They were credited with one hit. Tom Wilson was credited with two to, for the Caps. It was a two to one hitting game. After two periods, it was about I think 12, 13, 14 hits maybe. So we're starting to see some of that as coaches adapt to this, realizing you got to keep your stick on the ice and back off sometimes. It's the only way to play defense lately. i got to ask you one more, Alan, because that's an interesting theme. And, look, you know you know, why I work with Rob Brown pre- and post-game, so he played in the league. And we talk a lot about the speed. But, look, I've been watching hockey all my life, and I can't fathom – that the need for size, aggression, and physicality, though, can ever totally be removed from the game. Can it? I mean, can it just come down to a track meet some some, some year in the future, maybe the near future? Well, it, it won't be any fun to play because the games that I've seen, the, the non-physical games, have been boring. And I think it's one of the reasons we're seeing a lot of empty seats around the league. Canada's a different beast. People love their hockey teams, and they love to go to the game regardless. Their teams are they're losing they're still filling the arenas in the states where everyone didn't play as a kid growing up or people that didn't even skate it uh in their lifetime you know you've got to attract them and one of the people have always loved in the game of hockey is physical play and you know and i'm not saying fighting i'm saying people love to see the big hits how zach cashin played in the playoffs last year he was a human wrecking ball people love that and and i think that's one of the things you can't let away from the game, but you know, once again, the referees have come into play way too much, and we're going to see what happens in the playoffs. So right now, they've been calling that that marginal slash that's so light all season long. It started in preseason, caught everybody by surprise. Let's see what they do in the playoffs when guys amp it up, guys who don't hear you know, all of a sudden steamrolling players. But it, it's going to be interesting how they call it in the playoffs, and it, it's a long ways away for everybody. But that will be a telltale because the playoffs have, been, have normally been the most you know, the most violent collisions, the most physical hockey that you see, and it's the most exciting. So I hope we don't lose that. I love watching it. Uh, love being a part of it when I was a player. And uh, the physical element, the guys who block shots, never block a shot during the season, all of a sudden they're throwing their faces and 
front of the puck, and it's just a different beast. So I hope they don't take that away from the fans. Yeah, I totally agree with you there, Alan. Hey, I know you're busy. Thanks for making time for us on a on a Friday night, and thanks for updating fans on what you see from the new Oiler, Nathan Walker. We'll talk again soon, man. Take care, Reed. Thanks, sir. That is Alan May checking in, Washington Capitals analyst, Comcast Sports Network. So he called uh, Nathan Walker a tireless worker, a guy who drives in straight lines to the net, He thinks he has all the attributes to be a penalty killer, though he only got a very brief look there with Washington, saying that Barry Trotz uh, preferred to go with more experienced players. Compared him to Matt Hendricks, though he says uh, a much faster skater than Matt Hendricks. This is a depth addition for the Oilers. He's not going to come in and, and change the complete direction of the team. But they are looking for some improvement in some detailed areas of the game, specifically speed and penalty killing. So if he can contribute there, maybe he puts them, uh, pushes them closer to being on the right side of more games. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Oil Kings teddy bear toss. That's coming up tomorrow. Kenny Stafford from your Edmonton Eskimos is going to be in studio. And uh, you'll hear from Nathan Walker in the next segment, Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Is this Rock Rock Brigade, the first track from Def Leppard's debut album, On Through the Night? It is. What prompted you to play this, Kellen Kennedy? Uh, I like the album cover. It's it's a it's a semi pulling a guitar through space. Yes, it's, it's a bit of a cheese ball cover. I love it. Great album cover. Great oh, album. That is pretty funny. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Is it Friday? TGIF. It is Friday. I lose track of the days of the week during the season because I just go by game days, inside sports day, or mm. potentially a day off. Hashtag Friday. <laughs> That's what the kids call it. You're like. You're the master of cheese tonight, Kellen Kennedy. <laughs> Someone drop off some cheese for Kellen Kennedy. No, thanks. I got a fridge full of cheese, actually. Do you? Yeah. You, you a cheese Never. aficionado? I, I stopped by the uh, store and picked up some cheese to snack on tonight. So That's awesome, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right. Good stuff from Alan May on Nathan Walker, claimed off waivers today by the Edmonton Oilers. He's 5'9", 175. Sounds like he's fast, works hard. Hopefully he can uh, find a role here with the Oilers. Here's what Todd McCullen knows about the new guy. Scouting staff and management team. Uh, I haven't seen him play a lot, obviously. He's, he's in um, Washington. He didn't play when we were there, and the, the pre-scout didn't tell us a lot about him, but the, the management team and the the scouting staff uh, talk about his pace that he plays with, his speed, um, his ability to penalty kill, and uh, just on the upward curve of his um, his career and his, his uh, entree into the National Hockey League. So... Um, Perhaps there's something there that we can develop as we go forward. And, um, you know, smaller player but quick is what I was told. Nathan Walker, born in Wales, grew up in Australia, played as a teenager in the Czech Republic. He hopes to help the Oilers in a number of areas. Uh, I think I can bring some bring some speed and then hopefully some energy uh, to the team. Um, you know, whether, whether it's killing penalties or trying to change the momentum for us. Um, but yeah, other than that, just come and try to play my game and then see how much I can help the team out. Yeah, and hopefully on the penalty kill, too. I'd like to think so, yeah. Um, I played a lot of PK in the, in the minors with uh, with Bershey. 
Um, and uh, I'd like to think I'd be able to do, uh, you know, do a solid job on the PK. There you go. We're going to be interviewing a, an NHL player with an Australian accent. That's going to be kind of different, kind of cool. So he's uh, traveling to meet the team in Calgary. Uh, again, I don't know if he'll play tomorrow. They may be going at least with the same forwards. I thought most forwards actually had a pretty good game once they got going in the second period, but we'll see how that shakes down. They're going to need him at some point. Kind of a, a funny schedule for the Oilers. They play tomorrow, don't play again until Wednesday against Philadelphia, and then next weekend have Montreal and Toronto back-to-back on the road Saturday and Sunday. We have every game for you on 630 Ched. It's Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Tomorrow's broadcast will start at 630 with the face-off show, Game Against the Flames at 8. Got a text here to 630-630. Hey, Reid, last night's game was a heartbreaker, but as a diehard Oilers fan, I can't help but think we are going to destroy the Flames tomorrow. There's a confident... Text coming in to 6.30, 6.30. Like the way the Oilers played the last two periods, and I know you get sick of hearing about it, and quite frankly, sometimes I get sick of talking about it, and it's that old phrase, last year, but last year was a pretty good year for Edmonton, and they haven't been consistently at that level at all. The way they competed and checked and got after pucks and got in on the forecheck once they were behind, well, really about five minutes into the second period. I thought Cal- I thought Toronto still played well to start the second period, and then the Oilers really came on. That looked like last year's team and how they did that consistently. Hopefully it's a springboard tomorrow. I know we had an angry caller last night saying, don't compliment them. They didn't win anything. They're too far behind. Fair point. They still didn't win the game. They are still uncomfortably behind in the playoff race but you still got over 50 games left and hopefully uh, that was a bit of a wake-up call what happened against the Leafs last night. No Adam Larson, no Oscar Clefbaum at practice today. Here's McClellan. Yeah, Larson's on, is going on IR today. Uh, it shouldn't be long-term but uh, it obviously is at least a week. It'll go retro uh, back to the last game that he played. Clefbaum uh, was a maintenance day and uh, he'll be available to us tomorrow in Calgary. And Eero Pakarinen has been placed on waivers. Ryan Stanton, defenseman, has been called up from the farm. Quick look at your NHL scoreboard. Penguins taking it to the Sabres. It's 4-0 after two. The Senators and the Islanders are tied 5-5 after the second period. Rangers lead the Hurricanes 2-1 in the third. After two, Anaheim and Columbus are tied 2-2. The Ducks only have 10 shots on goal. In the second period, 1-1 Sharks and Panthers. The Kings lead St. Louis 2-0 after the first period. Also after 20 in Winnipeg, Vegas is up 2-1. William Carlson, 14th of the season for the Golden Knights. Former Oiler Corey Cross in the 2001 playoffs had an overtime goal for Toronto. He also had an own goal. He'll tell us the story when we get back. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.